If there's anything we've learned about human nature, it's that good intentions can only go so far. What began as pure benevolence can slowly devolve. Over time, it's easy to lose sight of our intentions, becoming complacent with the world around us. This is the case of a medical institution that initially prided itself on forward thinking and its progressive practices. However, over time, complacency became deadly. In this episode, a 1930s hospital, Tudor revival architecture, tuberculosis, a waterfront view, swimming lessons, scandal, mysterious deaths, and a history of medicine, Seaside Sanatorium, the story of a mental institution designed to be a safe haven that crumbled under the pressure of human ambivalence. This, this is, is Curious Connecticut. Connecticut. Of all the types of abandoned structures, perhaps the most fascinating are abandoned hospitals. Loved by paranormal enthusiasts and history buffs alike, abandoned hospitals offer something that other sites don't. Maybe it's the stories of patients buried in the walls that gets our attention. Or maybe it's the artifacts from outdated medical practices that shock us and draw us in. Whatever it is that allures us to these places, one thing is for certain, much remains to be told about them. Seaside Sanatorium was built in 1934 and designed by Cass Gilbert, a well-known architect who worked before the turn of the 20th century until the 1930s. Gilbert had a very diverse portfolio, ranging from hospitals to governmental buildings. Among his most famous works is the Woolworth Building in Lower Manhattan, which at the time of its construction was the tallest building in the world, the Thurgood Marshall Courthouse in New York City, and the United States Supreme Court Building in Washington, D.C. The buildings that make up Seaside are designed in a Tudor Revival style of architecture and are now included on the National Register of Historic Places. The intricate brickwork on the main building is visible from the outside and the impressive tower which hosts the uniquely shaped sailboat weather vane is still standing. Unfortunately, all remaining traces of the past end there. While visiting Seaside, we were able to talk with a worker there who very generously showed us pictures of the inside of the building as it is now. What we saw was far from what we expected. Instead of dated medical equipment scattered about, we saw a completely gutted interior and shrink-wrapped walls. Although Seaside is a state park, trespassing inside the buildings, which are fenced off, is prohibited, and for good reason. Alongside the construction vehicles and the cars of the workers that we saw there, there was a truck with the words lead and asbestos abatement written on it. As this is an old building, this did not surprise us much but we can't say we weren't disappointed to learn that the inside of this historical structure was strikingly modern. Why pick on this student? Well, we didn't, but TB did. TB, what is TB? TB is tuberculosis. It's catching. It respects no age, sex, class, or race. TB breeds in neglect, overcrowding, bad housing conditions. But TB can be anywhere, in the slums or on the avenue. It thrives on ignorance of the facts. <laughs> 
It is insidious, tireless. It can exist unknown among you because it shows no outward signs. Of course, you're healthy. You think it can't happen to you. But TB might happen to you without warning. Once it catches up with you, TB can slow you down to a standstill. Seaside Sanatorium was a hospital dedicated to the specific treatment of children with tuberculosis, a disease common for the time. It was the first hospital designed for heliotropic treatment for children with TB, which involved exposure to the sun and fresh air. Seaside even had an outdoor deck where patients could lay out in the sun as part of their treatment. But in 1958, the hospital changed to an elderly care facility, as tuberculosis was in steep decline since the introduction of antibiotics in the 40s. During this time, the name changed to Seaside Geriatric Hospital. However, the site's career as an old folks home did not last long. Just three years later, Seaside changed its treatment focus once more and became the Seaside Regional Center for the Mentally Retarded, where they took in patients with developmental disabilities. In the early part of the 20th century, not much was known about tuberculosis. Cures often consisted of untested methods that medical practitioners only believed would help alleviate the symptoms, but would not eliminate the disease altogether. Despite this, life with TB at Seaside was not completely miserable. Seaside was known for its progressive treatment, and patients who stayed there actually recall enjoying their time spent there. Pictures and family photos from the archives show dozens of smiling children, as if they didn't know the gravity of their situation. Perhaps it was best they didn't know, or if they did, they didn't let it stop them from enjoying their childhood. Although we were unable to get in contact with former patients at Seaside, we did find first-hand testimonials from patients and their families on some online forums. One such woman, named Jean Higgy, recounts, I lived there for two years. It was a wonderful place for kids with tuberculosis. We slept in large dorms, with a nurse's station in the middle, separating boys from girls. Each afternoon we were put down for naps, and a light blanket was put over us. The place was right on the beach, so if the weather was good, we swam daily. Another man, John Rashid, says, I am in a sense of shock to see what my home from 1943 to 1951 has become. In reference to the pictures of Seaside posted on DamnedConnecticut.com in April of 2017. Unfortunately, tuberculosis was a nasty disease, and time at these sanatoriums was not always pleasant. Symptoms of tuberculosis include severe coughing and chest pains. A woman's journal from 1944 recounts her experience with the disease. It was on Friday, the 3rd of March, that I suddenly coughed up mouthfuls of blood. I was still fairly convinced that it was nothing, and a few days would see me through it. Result on Thursday, tuberculosis in the right lung. Sanatorium, six to nine months, and in a year or so I will be completely cured. I had, by then, unnerved myself from this possibility, and wasn't too much upset, but poor old Bill was completely unnerved. No thought of his own upheaval of his having his home split up and all the anxiety, trouble, and expense. She later presents the two main rules that she had to follow during her affliction. The rules are absolute and utter rest of mind and body. No bath, no movement, except to the toilet once a day. No sitting, 
up except for propped by pillows and semi-reclining, and no deep breathing. Lead the life of a log, in fact. Don't try, therefore, to sew, knit, or write, except as occasional relief from reading or sleeping. 2. Eat nourishing food and have plenty of fresh air. In 1961, the Seaside Geriatric Institute transformed again into the Seaside Regional Center. It functioned in this capacity for over three decades. The Seaside Regional Center was hailed as a revolutionary center of healing and education when it first opened. In a book written by journalists Burton Blatt and Fred Kaplan, was released in 1971 called Christmas in Purgatory, a photographic essay of mental retardation. This photo essay was designed to expose the egregious treatment of the patients in Connecticut and New England mental institutions. Now they don't name any specific institutions except for one. Blatt and Kaplan, in the last chapter of their 124-page album, mention a hospital called simply Seaside. The album photos are blurry, but the pictures clearly depict the beautiful architecture of Seaside Sanatorium. The authors rave about Seaside being the pinnacle and the future of the mental institution. Quote, the uniqueness of the Seaside results from an extraordinarily dedicated and involved staff in a setting small enough for every child care worker, as well as every teacher, nurse, and administrator, to know each child in the institution, and vice versa. But there is no time for tomorrow with the Seaside. There is a fight against inertia. Children must be helped today, for in too few tomorrows, children become adults and residents become inmates. In terms of human suffering and the potential for human growth, places like the Seaside are among the few really economical government-sponsored facilities of which we know. There is a shame in America. Countless human beings are suffering needlessly. Countless more families of these unfortunate victims of society's irresponsibility are in anguish, for they know or suspect the truth. Unwittingly or unwillingly, they have been forced to institutionalize their loved one into a life of degradation and horror. In the beginning, our intentions always begin well. It wasn't long that Seaside shifted to a more notorious reputation. In its early days as a mental institution, Seaside prided itself with the ability of creating functional citizens in society. Thousands of people passed in and out of the facility, initially through their education process. However, over time, more and more patients left the hospital in ambulances and hearses. In the early 1990s, it was discovered that the institution had one of the highest death rates of any institution in the state. For this reason, along with countless reports of malpractice and patient abuse, the Seaside Regional Center was forced to close its doors. Structure. The parents often bring their normal children to visit retarded brothers and sisters at Seaside. Their response has been warm. A little girl sent this postcard to Seaside. To Seaside. Happy Thanksgiving. Dear sis, I love the place where my brother stays. My brother say that Bobby likes that place because you live right next to the ocean. 
and he has a program to play on and has friends, and he loves it out there. My mother wishes that he could stay home all the time, but he has to work. Love, Carolyn. Seaside in its heyday was vibrant, it was happy, and most importantly, it healed. Those that worked there were dedicated to the children and adults that lived and learned there. There's a misconception that there's only sorrow in the stories of those that lived at hospitals like Seaside. The sad truth is that most of these hospitals do not begin as houses of abuse and torture. Countless factors cause a decline in the quality of treatment in mental institutions. Between lack of funding, staffing issues, and dwindling resources, mental institutions became places that reviewed a true lack of humanity and empathy. Seaside's future is still uncertain, although there is some hope for restoration. Maybe the buildings will be turned into apartments or senior housing once more, but for now, the buildings are being torn from the inside for use that is not yet known. As we said before, good intentions can only go so far. May we never lose sight of our benevolence, and may we never forget the reasons we set out to change the world. This episode was made possible by our production manager, Mary Mahoney. The logo was designed by our web designer, Brooke Agro. This episode was written, produced, and hosted by Victoria Asfog and Max Nordeman. Special thanks to Ryan Little for our intro song, Lucy's Sister. For a full list of resources or to share this episode with friends, please visit our website at anchor.fm slash curiousconnecticut. And a big special thanks to all our listeners. You make this show worth creating. On behalf of the crew, thank you. You've been listening to Curious Connecticut.